I'm Dr. Vanessa Sinclair, and this is Rendering Unconscious. Today's guest is Jason Hoff, a writer living in Brooklyn, New York. His nonfiction centers on memory, childhood, relationships, and identity. His debut novel, Love Case, is a diary-esque series of short stories focused on sexuality and the growth and experience that comes from it. Let's talk about Love Case. Yeah. Okay. It kind of started coming about a few years ago where I would just sort of write down like small vignettes or just thoughts. Um, And then I started kind of putting them together. And then I made a zine called Love Case. um, And then actually a few zines called Love Case. Um, and then Kyle, uh, my fiance, would do sort of like erotic illustrations, and I put that together with the writing, and then just started selling like really small zines. Um, and then I wanted to put all of them together into something like a novel form um, that sort of resembled a diary. So I placed all of them together, and they just sort of took this linear role Um I didn't try to put them in order. So then it almost became like a, a real life sex diary in a way. Um, and then just sort of made it into a book and like got it binded. Um, and then that's how love case came about. So they're put together in kind of a random order. Um, yeah, the weird, this is a weird thing. I put them together in a random order, but then once I actually read the book from start to finish, it's chronological. So, but that wasn't on purpose. Interesting. Yeah. Because it seemed really like, like a story that was linear. Yeah. In a way. But they were all written separately and independent of each other. So it just happened to become chronological. Yeah. With no intention of going in order when they are written. That's interesting. So, That's the yeah. unconscious. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you working on now? Um, now, I'm kind of just doing the same thing where I'm just writing down random thoughts. <laughs> um, I have a piece coming out in this magazine called Warm Brothers, um, sort of like a queer millennial magazine. Um it's sort of love case case ish where it's just sort of like random thoughts that I kind of like put together. Um, and that's going to be titled love cases. So it's sort of under the same umbrella. Um, but that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Nice. I love how it's so uninhibited and like straightforward and I don't know, I thought it was really a great piece. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I wanted to write about intimacy in a really honest way. And I also noticed how just in a lot of queer art, especially queer art made by gay men, sex is sort of, um, in the forefront of it, which is understandable, 
Um, but I wanted to write about intimacy in a way that was like kind of in your face and graphic, but honest at the same time. Um, so a lot of the pieces which are about physical sex, I also wanted to write about what was going on internally and combine those things and just sort of, I wanted to push how intimate it was and like kind of put it in the viewer's face. Um, but have it just not be about like the physical or words that would shock you. I wanted the viewer to actually connect with something that I'm saying, no matter who the viewer was. It's a good point because a lot of times if you read something that's intimate or romantic or sexual in nature, it's kind of one or the other. Like it's either going for the kind of pornographic hardcore angle or it's going for this more romantic angle that's like about the relationship but really all of these things are happening at the same time <laughs> nobody seems yeah. to really capture that that's what yeah. was really good about it you like captured these scenes with all of their different elements all at the yeah. same time and then with yeah. Kyle's art on top of it yeah yeah I mean I've read a few like queer works where they are like there are like established characters in it, but then when like a sex scene comes about, it just sort of, it, it tells it from like a third eye view of what is like physically happening between these people. And sometimes I felt like it, it steers away from like the character and like what the character is like doing and thinking. And it just, it, it becomes almost like, like kind of porno-ish, but it just, something is like lost in it a lot of times. So what's your writing process like? Um, it's pretty unfiltered. <laughs> uh, I don't really have like a process. I basically, I always have like a notebook on me or like a document in my phone, um, just something that I can have access to at any time. Um, and then whenever I'm like feeling some sort of strong way, I just write it down. Um, I make sure to not really like edit it, um, until I want to actually turn it into something. I also like make a rule to not delete anything. Um, even if I write something that's kind of like hard or something that I would not want, um, either a friend, a partner, or like a parent to read, um, I make sure to not delete it. Even if like, if I'm feeling one way in the moment and then like, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes later, I don't feel that way anymore. I make sure to not delete it. And so, when did you decide to start doing that? Always. Always. I never, if something is strong enough to like come out and to be put like on paper, then I think that it's strong enough to be read. And you kind of have to like, as like the author who's writing it, you have to like separate yourself from it a little bit. Um, so I really try to not delete anything. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I went, did you take, did you keep journals when you were younger? Mm, not Really? I started keeping a journal, I think in college. Um, yeah, I think in college and I would just, I always had like a notebook on me. I have a good friend. Um, her name is Michelle and she used to keep like comedy notebooks, um, where if we were ever with a group of friends, like she had to write down a quote or just something that like, she was always, um, 
recording. And I think that also stuck out in my head as in to like not miss like moments or strong thoughts or something memorable. Um, and then really, I think like, since I've known her, I started just keeping something physical on me that I can write with. What about at night? Do you ever wake up in, in the middle of the night with ideas or dreams? Um, yeah. I mean, I always like to listen to my dreams because I think so much comes from them. Um, I think that my strongest um, thoughts and feelings come at night. Um, it's weird. I think it's almost like it's like after 10 p.m. for some reason. Um, my brain just like switches a little bit um, the later it gets. Uh, and I do get more into a writing mode. Um, part of me likes that and part of me hates that too. Um, Does it tend to keep you up at night? Not anymore. I think it used to. I think now I just, I think I've like integrated it more. But yeah, I, it used to, but not so much now. And for your piece that you wrote for Rendering Unconscious, the book, you did a cut up with your yeah. writing and writing from Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Where yeah. did that idea come from? Well, usually I'm like a, I'm a slow reader. Like I take, I take probably like a month to a month and a half to finish a book. Like it takes some people, it takes no time, but with Rosemary's Baby, for whatever reason, it, I read that book in like under 24 hours. Um, and I had seen the movie multiple times before. Like, I don't know. There was just something about the writing that was so clean. Um, and I also, I like the morbidness of the story. Um, but it was a really easy book to read. Um, and it's not that the writing was simple. It just was clean. Um, so it stuck with me and I just knew, I knew that I wanted to work with that piece just because of how fast I read it. Um, so yeah. And then I combined that with journal entries and I actually, I read the piece again, not too long ago and what like came of it, I just thought was interesting or what I felt came of it. It's sort of like, I don't know. It reads as like a death or rebirth to me. Um, it's sort of, I feel like it starts out of like, someone sort of like murkier, like in the shadows. And then, and this was like all unplanned, but like by the end of it, I felt like they like opened, like they just like opened to let like whatever in. And they're just sort of, um, literally like open for like the viewer or almost like they're open for like darkness, but in a positive way. Um, or like an honest way. And that was the combination of like the writing from Rosemary's baby and mine. I mean, they're kind of the, the content is kind of heavy in both. So to combine that, um, it was almost, I read it as like almost someone like willingly going into darkness, but in like almost like a proud way. And that's, yeah, that's sort of what emerged from that. Yeah, when I reread it recently, it's really powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really love it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Have you done anything else in that manner? I haven't, but I, I want to start again. And I've been thinking about that 
um, quite a bit recently um, of like doing cutups again or like combining other works with mine and to see what could happen. Cause I've been reading a lot more lately too. Um, especially within the past like six months to a year. So I think seeing what could come of that and what sort of like world could come of that is I'm, I'm interested again in it. And it's interesting to think about how what you're reading might be influencing what you're writing or dreaming at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm reading things that are like, um, pretty like emotional based right now or just like, um, like with heavy emotional characters. I also, uh, well right now I'm reading, um, a James Baldwin book called go tell it on the mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw bill street could talk the, movie that his that was based on his book i was like i haven't read any of his stuff before so i was like i want to read it uh it's beautiful it's just like really beautiful vivid writing um i also finished hellraiser <laughs> uh which i never uh, or it's called the Helldown heart um which i had not read before uh but my fiance kyle like loves uh clive barker um, and that almost had like a Rosemary's baby vibe to it where it's just, um, clean writing. It's easy to read. It's somewhat short. Um, but like really vivid visually too. So, I mean, I know Clive Barker and James Baldwin are like on total opposite spectrum. And that's what I love, though. What an interesting combination, you know, what what comes of that when you read Clyde Barker and James Baldwin back to back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I like that thought. That to yeah. me is like very American. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're good for. Yeah. <laughs> Putting all these everything in the same pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. What I do, I kind of want to start getting, you were, you mentioned dreams earlier. I kind of do want to start recording dreams again. I went through a period where I was recording them. Um, and I, I say this like all the time, but like, I, I really want to start, uh, sort of incorporating dream world stuff into some of my writing. Um, which on some level I do because I think my writing is like pretty like visual and I use a lot of metaphors, but I kind of want to go like one, like one step further with it. And I think I need to start recording dreams. I think that's, um, that could be like a next project with me. I'm not sure what the project would be, but just to start, um, recording. Yeah. And you would find out what it turns out to. Yeah. Which is fun. Which is fun. Yeah, I think dream work is essential, even if it's just for a period. I mean, you can't do it every day forever, you know, but even if you just do it for a period, like for a period, I was uh, every morning when I woke up, I would do a cut up and write down my dream. And it was so interesting to see how it evolved over time and how the cut ups and the dreams started like reflecting one another. And I I couldn't do it forever, but I did it for about six months, which was really, really interesting. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think what's happening with my dreams right now, and again, this is sort of new, but like, 
usually my dreams are like really heavy. Like usually there's some sort of like, usually they take place in like the house that I grew up in, or there's like some sort of murder or there's like, there's something like impending, um, that's a little like doomish about it. But like the past few nights I've been having like really fun, light dreams, which I've never really had before. Um, and I've kind of, I've woken up laughing a couple of times. Um, so yeah, it would be fun to sort of play with that too. Yeah. I wonder what the shift was. I'm not sure. I have to be careful not to start analyzing you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, there's just something lighter about them. So. Do you want to share a snippet? Um, like the one. (laughs) This is so. It sounds so like stupid. But the one that I had last night was, I was like driving in a car with my dad. And, like, we were getting along. Um, And we were, like, driving in Coral Springs where I grew up. And then in my best friend's house, um, not not Melissa, but from someone else from, like, early childhood, um, sitting in the window is my friend Michelle, the one that would, like, keep all the comedy notebooks. But, like, she wasn't aware that I could see her in the window. And the window was open, and she was, like, sleeping with, like, curlers in her hair. And I said to my dad, I was like, dad, stop the car and then like pull up to the house and I'm going to scare the window. Um, and like, to me, that was funny. Uh, but that was just sort of like a weird, lighthearted dream that didn't deal with like a tidal wave or poison or something. Yeah. Some huge disaster. Uh And it's interesting too, that she was in your dream when you brought her up today. Mm hmm. Her writing yeah. style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, it's funny that she, well, it's funny that she, like, comes into my dreams while they're lighter, since she was, like, always sort of thinking of comedy. Um, and the fact that I kind of want to branch out in writing and like maybe play with genre a little bit, or maybe do something different with like dreamlike things, or maybe do another cut up. Somehow she's like correlated with that. Um, I'm not sure like how, but it's something, it's like something like creative. Maybe there's like a memory with her that like is sort of like somewhere in my brain, but Something with, like, exploring with, like, writing and creativity, I do, I think I link to my time with her, so it's, you know. Exactly. She sounds like some sort of catalyst or inspiration, and there you're, like, peeking in through the window at her. You're, like, yeah. <laughs> ready to go in there and start doing it yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. What do you tend to write besides memoir-like stuff? Um, that's the thing. I really just write nonfiction. Um, and that could be something new that I could, I could try out as well. Uh, I know like they say like, Oh, real life always inspires even fiction. Um, but for whatever reason, like nonfiction is sort of my thing. Um, I've written about family before. Uh, and that could also be something that's like, uh, a real melding of genres <laughs> of like something that's like kind of dark, but kind of ridiculous. Um, 
kind of something that goes from like heavy to light. Um, and it would obviously be very character driven. Um, cause my family's an eclectic one, but yeah. So I have written about them before. Um, but still that was in like a, a nonfiction, um, role. I think I like, I tend to go back to queer things. Um, I mean, one, obviously cause I'm gay, but it, there's just, I feel like there's just a lot more that needs to be said and shared like within the queer community amongst each other. And I think that writing, writing is not as like common, I guess, um, with queer artists today. So it, it feels like something I, I should be doing. And you've been doing a lot of these kind of zine festivals and fairs and that sort of thing. What's that been like? Um, it's been awesome <laughs> just because there's so much there. There's just so one, there's so many representations of the queer community there. Um, like everyone there is a creative, but also there's just so many different genres of what everyone does. There's like, there is artwork and there, there's artwork and writing and, um, whether it, there could be like clothing, things that are handmade jewelry. Um, it's just, the spectrum is so large. So when I go there, like, it's cool to like go there and go there with love case and like present my stuff, but it's kind of even better to just walk around the room and just buy everything. <laughs> Cause I, whenever I do go, like I always come home with a number of, a number of things. Yeah. And see what everyone else is doing and trade. Yeah. 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 What kinds of things have stood out? Um, there is this artist. His name's Zach Greer. Um, you can find him on Instagram. He sort of takes um, photographs of people, but also um, like pop icons as well. And then he, I don't know exactly like how he does it, but he basically like draws over them. But he draws like occult symbols and like punk rock symbols and just sort of adorns them. Like they are like heavily tattooed. Um, so he's like a current favorite of mine. It's just, um, it's like, it's visual and it's striking, but it's also very consistent. Like he consistently uses, um, similar images on his photographs, which I like too. And it's almost like a puzzle a little bit. Like you see, like what images that he uses on each one, but then also like how they change. And then you kind of think about why. Um, yeah. It sounds super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would like it. <laughs> it sounds I think, like it. I think you'd be very into it. Zach Greer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did Kyle start drawing with you? So, Kyle, um, Kyle Anderson, who is my fiance, uh, he is, um, an animator. Um, and he, it's like, a, it's like, like new drawing. Um, but then like all the proceeds go to charity and then he 
also puts together this like anthology of uh, queer artists that basically draw erotic photos of um, mainly men. Uh, and then he puts that like magazine or zine out. So he like, he does a lot with drawing, but how it started with us, it's weird. Cause I've been asked that and I don't really remember. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember the first time that he drew me. And I also don't remember <laughs> like when we were like, Hey, you know what? We should combine this. Um, it just organically. Yeah. Like I just, I literally don't remember. And it, I mean, what's been fun, like kind of like tracking it is, um, the first drawings were just like pencil based and like very like thin. Um, and then in love case, they're like really vibrant and colorful. Um, and like the faces are more defined. It, it, it's kind of fun to think about. It's like, as him and I like progressed, the drawings progressed too. Um, and I feel like his colors used to be more muted. And then I would say like two and a half years ago, they just became like almost like fluorescent in a way. And then I saw that change and I wanted that in love case. And, um, yeah, I also wanted it in love case too, because I didn't want, I didn't want skin tone to be like something that you're constantly looking at. Cause that is something that I look at and sort of analyze. Um, and by having this like array of colors, I mean, one, it sort of like resembles like a gay rainbow in a way, but it also, there was something like unifying with it. Right. You have such a range of spectrum of colors. Yeah. 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 What's Kyle's zine called? It's called Doable Guys. Yeah, which is like kitschy and like kind of fun. Fun. Um, yeah, which is which is Kyle. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is drawing constantly. Like he wakes up, he like has coffee and is drawing. He comes home from work and he sets up his table and he's drawing or painting. Um, so it's just been it's been a constant thing for him and it's been wonderful for him too. Like the whole experience of sort of like bringing together like a queer community through art. Um, I think it's been really rewarding for him and it's awesome to see too. And it's great for you too, that you have such a creative household. Yeah. Di it's different. I mean, it's awesome, but it, it it's different too. Like writing, I feel I almost get jealous of him a little bit because when he like paints or draws, he can, he's like into it and he's like focused, but he could have other things going on at the same time. Like the music, like music could be on the TV could be on. Um, and I am a little bit jealous of that because with writing, like I have to sort of like, I like hold up a little bit and it is more private. So it's funny. Cause even though it's like, it is a creative household, I find that when I'm writing or doing something creative, I usually have to be alone. <laughs> so it's like it's shared, but it's not shared at the same time. Yeah, you have to be a bit isolated to focus. Yeah. Isolated, and I really like I have to have silence. Um, and that's something that's always been and will probably continue to be. Interesting. Yeah. When did you start writing when you were younger? Um, 
when I was in like first grade, second grade, they had these little like competitions um, in school where you would like write a story, and then if your story won, then the school would like like bind it, like make it into a little book. Um, and I had a bunch of books that won um, from like first until third grade. That's great. So, yeah, and looking back on those, um, as like a psychoanalyst, I'm sure like you would have a field day with them. I mean, they're like they're pretty amazing. Um, Melissa has seen them, and like I just, I just watch her looking at them, and I'm like, oh, she's like going there. Uh, yeah, but there is one where I wrote about like this uh, this sort of like magical being man clown who was all rainbow colors. Um, and looked very like queerish. Um, he would like basically show up and I was like dreaming at night. And then I would like go away with him to like this in the clouds. Um, and it was like this sort of like far away land. And then he would like return me back into like my bedroom at night when I was sleeping. Um, and then it's sort of sad. The end of the story was like, I just want to go back with him. Um, which one I'm sure could say like a lot of things about the home, but like also looking at the illustrations, like he was this really vibrant, colorful, um, expressive clown. So that I found interesting too. Yeah. He sounds like freedom and being yourself and yeah. 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 And I also, I mean, I like that it had like somewhat of a sad ending. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like the sort of like typical child ending of like, and now I'm home and like safe. Like it was like, no, I want to go back. Um, but that's honest. Like you're talking about writing now being honest. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. was it like growing up in Coral Springs? Uh, <laughs> um, it's weird looking back as it at it like as an adult. I mean, it was very suburban. Like it was very suburban. Um, I didn't grow up with a lot of like kids around me though. Just in my neighborhood, like I had my good friends, but they, my neighbor neighborhood was not like really kid friendly. Um, and all of my siblings were much older than I was, so I really didn't grow up with children around me, and that was sort of interesting just because I, I did spend a lot of time alone. Um, but growing up in Coral Springs, you know, you really don't, I feel like you don't really have an awareness of like where you are and where you're growing up until you leave. Um, I mean, for me, that was like when I went away to college. Um, but until you like experience something else, it's just sort of, you're just kind of like in this bubble um, where you don't even really know what the difference is, right, but yeah, there's nothing to compare it to. Right. Very, I mean, very suburban. And where did you go to college? Um, university of central Florida in Orlando. Um, which again, still Florida, <laughs> but you know, like most college experiences, you meet people from different places. And the funny thing about Orlando is like, with just within like a short square mileage, like it, it turns like the, the towns sort of turn. Um, there's like the downtown area, which has actually like kind of some cool things going on. 
Um, and then there's like the college area. And then there's like the small, like towny areas nearby. And they're all sort of existing within each other. Um, but that was also like a change from suburbia just to like experience, you know, a college town and then a small town and then a sort of like small city within, you know, that range. Right. Cause Coral Springs, it's like, for those who don't know, it's like very West of like Fort Lauderdale area. And it's kind mm-hmm. of really separated from the more city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know when you know i turned like 17 18 then that was like miami time that was when like you started experiencing miami um and that was actually a plus of like living in coral springs the fact that you could just get in a car with friends and drive like 45 minutes and then be in like downtown miami um that that was a plus looking back on it and then how'd you end up in new york um i moved here 10 years ago um, I kind of just got like a suitcase. Uh, I didn't have like a job or an apartment when I moved here. I wanted to obviously get out of Florida. And then I had a list of like three or four cities and then I started visiting them. And then I came to New York for the first time in like April of 2008. And as like a 25 year old visiting New York, you're just like, this is where I meant to be. Um, so I like connected with it on like, like wholeheartedly. And then that was in April. And then I moved here in October. So first time that I visited wasn't a question of what I was going to do. And that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So we moved there about the same time. Cause I moved there in December of 2008. Mm hmm. Yeah. And yeah. how do you feel it's affected your development? Um, I would say largely positive. Um, I think what I <clears throat> needed when I moved here was just to sort of like get rough a little bit. Like I needed to experience dating that was rough. And as like a 25 year old gay dude, he wasn't out for very long um, to be like thrusted into New York city and New York city gay dating life, especially when like online apps were just starting to like really come about. Like that was a shocker really. Like it was just, um, but I needed that and I needed to get sort of like, like not literally, but like beat up a little bit. Um, and then that largely affected me. Um, experiencing like, I mean, and this could go towards like any sexual orientation or age, but just like the harshness of dating in a large city and like kind of the loneliness of that, that I think probably is what made me start writing again. (laughs) Um, because I wasn't writing for a while. Uh, and then when I came here, that's when it started again. That makes sense. Yeah. What did you go to college for? Creative writing. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't a long break. Uh, it was like four years where I wasn't writing. So it was decent. Yeah. You know, I'm just gonna continue writing, I guess. Anything coming up that we need to be looking out for? 
Um, my new piece in Warren Brothers magazine, uh, which is coming out, um, that's coming out in a, a couple of weeks. And actually, I mean, I do kind of want to plug that magazine a bit. It has, it's basically all queer artists, um, from like a number of mediums, um, like different artwork mediums. So it's also, it's like a beautiful cover as well. So I would, I would recommend just checking that out. Thank you for listening to Rendering Unconscious. You've just heard a discussion with writer Jason Half. For his novel, Love Case, visit lovecase.bigcartel.com. For more, visit our publisher's website, trapart.net. That's T-R-A-P-A-R-T dot net. Renderingunconscious.org or drvanessasinclair.net Thank you.